The New York Times is showing their true colors. Donald Trump wants to make a real estate investment that seems to send Rachel Maddow off the deep end. Rashida Tlaib hates her grandma, and AOC wants to blow up the Constitution again. A lot of awesome stuff this week so far. Kind of fun. None of it's life-changing, but it is kind of interesting. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Happy Hump Day! Yes, it's a Wednesday, and I'm having a great night tonight. Recording a little later because it's cooler. Got the game on. The the Yankees and the A's are on right now, and the A's are beating the Yankees. Yes. For those who don't know, I'm actually from Los Angeles, so I'm a huge Dodger fan. And the Yankees are playing the Dodgers Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And unfortunately, I live in San Diego now, so I'm not going to be able to see it. Uh, You may notice I didn't actually have a podcast yesterday. Uh, I've got to get working on my book, so I'm probably going to... I want to finish the book. I'm almost halfway through it. And uh, I'm probably going to take off Tuesdays and Thursdays just to work on my book. Uh, As some of you might know, I I actually do this more to keep practicing my writing and kind of see if I can make some money off this eventually, but I have so much fun with it. But anyway... Let's get let's get to some of the news today. Now again, it's been kind of a slow news week. Nothing really big out there. Um, just you know, some things that are kind of irritating and dumb and stuff like that. Uh, the New York Times is taking a stand now, and they're actually beginning to choose sides, and they're making it quite clear. But one has to be completely head in sand to believe that the New York Times is an unbiased. Uh, newspaper outlet. Just a couple of weeks ago, the Times ran a headline when Trump uh, commented on the El Paso mass shooting. And the the first headline uh, was Trump urges unity versus racism. Now, this sounds about right because in his speech, that's pretty much what he did. He basically condemned racism and and urged the country to get together. But you can't tell the truth at the New York Times, and the left just laid into the New York Times uh, after that was released. Uh, on Twitter, they were just lambasting them. All of the all of the presidential candidates sat back and just chewed out the Times for this story. So later on that day, um, they decided to change the headline. And I, I honestly think they made more ass, more asses out of themselves than they they would have if they just kept the the deal. The new the new headline wrote "Assailing Hate but Not Guns." Of course, that's closer to the narrative. Trump actually didn't say anything about guns in his speech. He was just talking about uh, the actual tragedy itself. But see, that's the whole thing. That's what the whole media does. But at this point, there until this point, the Times did have um, it, they did have kind of a viewership that they still were considered a newspaper. Well, not anymore, and it's it, it's getting worse for them right now. Uh, apparently, Slate leaked a statement from executive editor Dean Beckett stating that uh, the Times depended on the Mueller investigation. Uh, to basically hold their narrative. Uh, But that was over, and Trump was innocent, and the narrative had crashed. So the Times needed to find another narrative. And they did. And guess what it is? That's right. 
It's racism. Beckett said, uh, we built our newsroom to cover one story, and we did it truly well. Now we have to regroup and shift resources and emphasis to take on a different story. His vision is for how to cover Trump for the next two years. That's a quote. Uh, how America has become so divided by Donald Trump, particularly when it comes to race, is the new narrative they're actually going to hold out on. And the New York Times did not did not take a lot of time to actually push that racism narrative. And by the way, that racism narrative is exactly what all candidates are actually pushing now. You'll notice the last two weeks, everybody is a racist. Well, the New York Times Magazine just released a piece made up of several essays called The 1619 Project. Um, I actually wanted to talk about this on Monday or maybe yesterday, but I needed to read it. It's actually kind of long. Uh, this crap show is a group of essays by New York Times writers that say that the country did not start in 1776 with the implementation of the Declaration of Independence or the formation of our government, but it started in 1619 when the first slaves were brought into this country. Now, just to let you in, in 1619, that's when the first slaves were brought in. There were about 20 of them, so there, there were... There, slavery was just really beginning to kick off in the United States. And um, the reason they decided to bring this up is obviously it's the 400-year anniversary of slavery in the United States. Uh, throughout the essays, the writers discuss how all aspects of American society, from capitalism to imprisonment to health care, were created uh, from the sweat and suffering of African slaves. And it also explains how the country still has systemic racism built in to our culture and to our government, and that black people are still suffering. Now, I, I, I haven't read any of this. I've read a couple of things. Uh, there is a video. The New York Times did release a two-hour video on the 1619 Project. And if you go to my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, and you have nothing else to do in your life, you can actually go in and, and watch the whole two-hour video. Um, just an FYI, it's garbage. It's absolute garbage. I, I, I watched it. I watched about 30 minutes of it. I had had enough. And I was actually going to take some quotes uh, on the project, but I thought, no, because they're really, they're really just, they're, it's just not very good. It's not very well thought out. And what these guys actually did is they kind of cherry-picked um, topics. So it's kind of a tough thing to, to, really, to really quote without, um, without uh, any, any backing. So I'm not even going to quote from it. Um, now, see, I, I do agree we need to acknowledge slavery. It was a dark point in our history, and it should never be forgotten. 9-11 should never be forgotten. Pearl Harbor should never be forgotten. There are lots of things. There are lots of tragedies. There, uh, um, uh, uh, the systemic racism through, uh, through the half, oh, geez, more than three quarters of the uh, 19, uh, 20th century. We can't forget that. But here's the thing. We did have 
that little spat called the Civil War in 1861 through 1865, and hundreds of thousands of U.S. soldiers died on both sides, and all that was to end slavery. And the real kicker with that whole thing is that war was started by white men. Why? Slavery was evil. And we knew it was evil. Half the country knew it was evil. Most of the country knew it was evil. And we fought a war to free the slaves. Now, we did have Dred Scott decision. We had uh, just, we still had uh, systemic racism in our government up until the late 60s. We did, but we remember it, and we we point to it, and we won't forget it. Our country did not, but our country didn't start because of slavery. Our country didn't start in 1619. We didn't have an identity in 1619. We didn't have an identity in in 1700s, till late 1700s. Our country started in 1776. Our economy started in in the late 17 in the late 1700s with our capitalist economy capitalism had nothing to do with slavery it didn't it, well slavery was around sure but it, it it was separate it was not the same we didn't become a capitalist country because we had slaves we were a capitalist country because that's how we grew slavery if anything us ending slavery and slavery and the systemic racism through the 20th century proves that the United States is a great country. And the reason it proves it's a great country is because we ended it. We ended slavery. We ended systemic racism. We ended it all. And we should celebrate it. But unfortunately, people can't do that. And the New York Times can't get away with that. They just Everything in this country has to be bad. Everything has to be bad. I mean, it's just, we are a no good, bigoted, sexist, racist country that runs on a patriarchy and toxic masculinity and all this garbage. It's stupid. And see, the problem is, these people are teaching our kids. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because the Pulitzer Center actually released a document. I'm holding it in my hands. It's an 11-page document that goes over some of the quotes from this 1619 project. And then they've got questions that they can actually ask the students in classes about this project. So this is pure indoctrination. This is garbage. The whole thing was garbage. And the reason the whole thing was garbage is, one, it's not entirely accurate. The second reason is they kind of conveniently left out certain black writers who saw the United States as a fantastic country that just had the weakness of um, slavery and systemic racism and that we could actually go beyond slavery and systemic racism. W.E.B. DuBose, who was no right winger, he was not, he was, he supported Republicans because he simply supported the idea that um, um, uh, 
blacks were not Africans, they were Americans. And in his writings, he talked about the greatness of America and how America was a child. We were, it was just a, a, a child that needed to grow up. And once slavery was ended, it would show that it's actually growing up at this time. He's barely mentioned in it. And there are a couple other black writers who also believe the same thing. That the country is not a terrible place. The country just needed to grow up. So it's really, it's really sad. This is the greatest country in human history. Part of the greatest civilization in human history. We've discovered, we've made life better for the entire world. The internet, cell phones, computing, all this, the media, all this, and the, all the, thing, the only thing the media can point out is how bad we are. And we're just not. It's a great country. It's kind of infuriating, but what it is, is it's really sad. And it's sad because if you have a conservative like myself, I, I don't agree with any of them. Yes, we had some bad times. We also interned the Japanese during the World War. We were also flirting with fascism in the 30s and 40s. We were flirting with communism in the 30s and 40s. There are a lot of parts of our history that are kind of scary that aren't really talked about a lot. I mean, Woodrow Wilson actually thought that Hitler was not a bad guy in the 30s. So, uh, listen, we can't forget the bad things, but we don't say that our foundation is all based off of the bad things. That's just garbage, and it's not true. And it's sad. And I will, I will protect this country till the day I die. And I hope my listener, I hope whoever's listening, I hope you folks do that too. Oh, but we had uh, that was that was the big thing, and that was the one art, one article that really bothered me was that New York Times, and I'm glad to see that these outlets are actually beginning to be called out for what they are, which is biased, anti. Uh, conservative bias. Because here's the thing. These publications, they're not just biased against Trump. They're biased against anybody. If Trump stepped out of office and Pence became president, they'd be saying the same thing about Pence. They said the same thing about uh, uh, Mitt Romney, who is probably the most milquetoast and gentlest candidate that has ever run for president. So, it's just good to see that these news outlets are actually beginning to be called out for what they are, which is biased. So the next story of the week is really something, and we've now got an international incident, it looks like. It's just absolutely just terrifying. Uh, President Trump found out that he had the power to actually buy Greenland. Uh, this is something that apparently came up in a meeting and it was mentioned, and he thought, oh, okay, maybe we should explore this. See, Greenland, which is uh, north, of, north of Canada, is actually pretty close to us. It's strategically, it's an, an excellent position. It would be a wonderful place to put military bases and keep an eye on China. China already wants Greenland. They've been really pushing to take that country also which could be a problem if they ever did. 
Uh, it's rich in resources. Um, but the problem is, it's also extremely expensive to keep afloat. The country that actually uh, has control is Denmark. So Trump thought it might be worth holding a meeting with the prime minister to discuss actually buying the territory. Now, this is really nothing new. As a matter of fact, it's not even the first time we've dealt with Denmark when acquiring territory. In 1917, we purchased the Virgin Islands, the U.S. Virgin Islands, from Denmark. And it is extremely expensive for Denmark to actually keep that territory afloat. Uh, they don't have a lot of resources, not a lot of food. Uh, Greenland is not, it's the opposite. Greenland is actually not green. It's a big iceberg. It's a big island with a lot of ice. It's actually Iceland that is green. It's, they, they did that on purpose. Um, the territories were named, one was named Iceland to trick uh, the Germans during World War, World War II into believing that Iceland was just a big body of ice, whereas Greenland was actually the, um, the fauna-rich uh, co- country. And it's not. It's the, it was the opposite. So that just a little trivia for you there. Um, but this, again, this was something that eh, Trump thought he'd ask. It's not the first time. The, this is about Trump is the third president who is kind of interested in going after Greenland from Denmark. Uh, so it's not the first time this has actually been done. And it really isn't that big of a deal. He thought he'd just ask and see what's going on. But Rachel Maddow thought it was a big deal. And I tell you, this gal, she's always been a dime short of dollar. She's always been rather nuts. Um, but listen to this partial meltdown where she's just making absolute fun of this president trying to buy Greenland. Listen to this. A favor and make it a more constructive joke. I mean, you could have just as easily told him, hey, Don, I heard Greenland is looking for a king. They want a new monarch with dictatorial powers. And you get like 10 planes, I heard. I heard you could totally do that if you gave up being president and you went there and asked them. I hear they're super interested in you. I mean, if you're going to play a joke on him, right? Tell him that. Tell him there's like a secret compartment in the presidential limousine that always has hot Big Macs in it. Or quarter pounders, either one, whichever you want. There's a secret compartment there. It's right on the back of the driver's compartment. You haven't found that yet? All the other presidents have been eating fresh, hot Big Macs in the presidential limousine for decades. You didn't find that compartment yet? It's a touch compartment. You just have to, like, touch it and it opens up. Right? Tell him that. You sit back and wait for him to sneak off to go play in the limousine to try to find the hot burgers. I mean... I mean, seriously. And they still pay her? And she's one of the top news uh, newscast casts in the country. She's crazy. I, I mean, I almost feel sad for her. I feel bad for her. She hates her hate for this guy is so bad. She just sounds crazy. If you go to www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, you can actually look at the entire uh, video, her entire rant. It's about four minutes long. And she's waving her arms and that fibbly head of hers is just going back and forth. And she's just laughing at herself. It's, it's absolutely insane. 
I, here's the thing. Trump probably wasn't really all in and pushing for Greenland. He posted, he posted an awesome meme on Twitter. And again, go to the website. You can actually look at the meme. It's basically Greenland, which is, has, is very sparsely populated. Okay. And right in the middle of it is a Trump tower. It looks like it's from Las Vegas. And Trump tweets, quote, I promise not to do this to Greenland. This is Donald Trump trolling. This is Donald Trump trolling. Everyone made a big stink about this Greenland deal, which was leaked. This was not something that he actually went out and I, I don't even know if he thought this was something that was going to happen. He just posted it there throughout the idea. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I don't know why everyone just seems to want to get all upset about this all of the time. It's just trollery at his best. Good for Donald Trump. And I know he enjoys this. This is why Donald Trump is not losing his hair or anything. If that's his hair, who knows? But anyway, um, the prime minister from Denmark basically said uh, no. Uh, and she said it kind of in a rude way. She said not everything, something about, you know, not everything has to do with the Trump and we're not interested in doing any, you know, it, there, there are there are ways of doing it that are probably better. And this pissed Trump off. So Trump was supposed to meet with uh, the prime minister of Denmark uh, next month and he canceled the meeting. He's, he, he basically said, you know, that was kind of rude. You didn't really need to do this. So the uh, president, the prime minister of Denmark is angry because they had been preparing for his visit now for a couple of months. And now suddenly the media is calling this an international incident. I, I'm not exactly sure how this is an international incident. I mean, what's Denmark going to do? Uh, stop importing tulips and those wooden shoes they have? I, I, I'm not exactly sure, but hey, <laughs> whatever. It, it's, it's, it's just awesomeness. And now, of course, we got to talk about the squad because what's a week in the news without the squad? I think they're just as bad as Trump. Um, well, they're back. Uh, last week, we talked about how Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar were not allowed into Israel because their itinerary uh, said they were vis visiting Palestine. And now Israel, by the way, there is no Palestine again. I'm going to say that again. I'll say it every time. It's doesn't exist. Uh, they they also supported the anti-Semitic BDS movement. Basically, what that calls for is a uh, is to stop giving um, stop giving aid to Israel until Israel decides to make Palestine up. Let's face it, Palestine doesn't want. Uh, to have their own country. They want Israel blown out from the map. That's what they want. Um, they also wanted to see, uh, they also wanted to visit with uh, openly anti-Semitic and groups that support terror. Uh, they also, they had no, no, anything on their itinerary about visiting any Israeli politicians. This was strictly going to be a Palestinian mission. And Israel just said, you know, heck, um, the uh, 
Talib and Omar were being financed by an anti-Semitic group that actually accused uh, once Israel of using uh, blood debts or something like that. Basically, their uh, blood debt or a blood oath was they had proclaimed that Israel, the Jews, were actually using Christian blood to make their matzahs. So it's just, this this group is way out there. They're just anti-Semitic. And these people are being financed by that group. So Israel said no, which makes absolute sense. A lot of people, a lot of conservatives were saying it's probably not the best PR, but no, I don't think so. I think, no, these people are openly anti-Semitic. And Israel just said, we don't need that garbage. We don't need them coming here. Using our country as a using our country as a platform for telling telling them how racist their country is, I don't blame them. We do the same thing. There are plenty of people we do not allow in this country because of the tone that they take or how they feel about this country. Um, but Talib wasn't finished. Uh, she put in another request to go to Israel. This time, she wanted to visit her 90-year-old grandmother, her 90-year-old mother, who was not doing well. Okay, and she said, "You know, if I don't go now, I'll I'll never go again." Israel took the request, and they approved it with the condition that Talib not bash Israel, not make this into a political Palesti- Palestinians versus Israel thing. Well, she couldn't even do that. So she decided not to go to Israel and not to visit her mother. And with crocodile tears, she explained why she wasn't going to Israel in a news conference. Let's listen to this. It's awesome. Representative Tlaib, you signed a letter agreeing to abide by Israeli restrictions if they allowed you to see your grandmother. After they approved that request, why did you change your position? I spoke to my family, and I think my grandmother said it beautifully when she said, I'm her asfur. Asfur in Arabic means her bird. And she said, I'm her dream manifested. I am her free bird. So why would I come back and be caged and bow down when my election rose her head up high, gave her dignity for the first time? And so through tears at 3 o'clock in the morning, we all decided as a family that I could not go until I was a free American United States Congresswoman coming there, not only to see my grandmother, but to talk to Palestinian and Israeli organizations that believed that my grandmother deserved human dignity as much as anyone else does. What an ever-loving crock of garbage. I was going to say the S word, but I decided not to keep it moderately clean. This gal... Yeah, well, this just shows something about this woman. It shows that she hates Israel more than she loves her mom. That's that's nice. That's something to be proud of. And if people actually thought about it instead of uh instead of just listening to her make herself a victim again, they would see they would see what she's really about. She just hates Israel. Period. But, you know, we conservatives always knew this, and it shouldn't be a secret for many Democrats. I mean, she says things constantly. So this is just a really bad person. 
Hopefully she gets primaried. She probably won't because she's in a heavily Democratic district. But uh, you can watch the actual you can watch the actual interview uh, on my website. What I find absolutely amazing, though, when these politicians go out there and they start with the crocodile tears, there are no tears. There's no crying. It's all an act. She looked like she was acting. It's just, it's so, it's just so disingenuous. It's so dishonest. Of course, we can't talk about the squad unless we talk about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, right? What's a date? What's a a political conversation without AOC in there? Um, while taking a trip across an empty rural, rural area, and I would assume it is somewhere in the Midwest, she sarcastically told her followers to look out the window. This must have been on Instagram. Uh, look out the window and look at the Electoral College, which she just... She was making a point. I thought it was a very sloppy point, but she was trying to make a point. We'll talk about it after you listen to this bit. We're coming to you live from the Electoral College. Many votes here, as you can see. Very efficient way to choose leadership of the country. Um, I mean, I can't think of any other way, can you? So if you haven't seen the video, again, go to the website, it's there. What she's basically doing is she's just pointing to an empty, just empty land, and she's saying there's the Electoral College. And the reason she's saying this is she believes that the Electoral College is lousy way to elect officials because these states that don't have a lot of people shouldn't have overrepresentation or what she thinks is overrepresentation. Well, she's wrong, obviously. Uh, the Electoral College, you get a certain number of delegates based off population. But the idea with the Electoral College is that a state like Wisconsin or a state like, uh, let's say, Wyoming, Idaho, Montana, these states have representation. Because right off the bat, if we let only the largest states vote, only the states with the thickest population vote, well then what's going to be the point of a candidate going to a Wyoming, going to a Wisconsin, going to an Idaho or a Montana or a Dakotas? There won't be a point and people won't vote. So the founding fathers already realized that, okay, we're going to have to make it out. We're going to have to create this electoral college. So a popular vote doesn't determine because let's face it, most cities are very left-wing. Most big cities share the same opinions, share the same political beliefs. And we don't want the big cities making the decisions for the country. Let's face it, if we ran on a popular vote only... And by the way, this concept, this is brilliant. This is a brilliant concept that these the Founding Fathers actually thought of this when they were drafting the Constitution. It's absolutely awesome. If we did not have an electoral college, do you know what would end up happening? You'd have candidates in Los Angeles, New York, Boston, Miami, and that would be it. You'd never see the politicians would not even bother with the other states. There'd be no point. I got to win the popular vote. So 
Not to mention, the politics with the mid with the Midwest is very different than it is with the big cities. So you would see very little diversity when it comes to a political opinion. A Republican and a Democrat in this case, both wanting to become a president of the United States, they would be pretty much the same. They would probably be, in this case, left-wingers. Los Angeles is left-wing, San Francisco is left-wing, New York is left-wing. So they would actually, both the Republican and the Democrat, would probably have the same values just to get elected. So it is actually quite brilliant what they did back in the 1700s. They had the foreshadowing to actually see that, hey, we could have problems in the cities. Let's create an electoral college. Now, I'll give, it, I'll give another. AOC doesn't look good here. She sounds like one arrogant... I was going to... The B word. Just really arrogant. Oh, well, you're from a big city, so you know a lot now, don't you? So basically what you're saying is because these people aren't from the big cities in the Midwest and in smaller states, they shouldn't count? That doesn't make sense to me. I mean, she just sounds arrogant. And she's arrogant enough and arrogant not just in that she just flips her nose at the uh, states that with less population. She's arrogant enough to believe she knows better than the founding fathers? She was actually referring to a report uh, or a an article. I, I didn't read the article. I'm probably not going to read the article. But she was referring to an article that basically says all of the arguments for an electoral college are all wrong. Now, I should read this article just to see what they're talking about. But no, they're not all wrong. I am absolutely. I know all of the. I know a lot of the arguments for the electoral college, and they're and I've read the Federalist Papers. They're they're not wrong. So I don't know where these guys come from. It's amazing how smart millennials actually think they are. Millennials and Gen Z. So, but AOC goes further. Um, She called it a scam. She said that this is just an absolute scam to control uh, politics, which is weird because the uh, Electoral College has been pretty even for Democrats and Republicans. There have been just as many Democrats winning as Republicans and vice versa. So I'm not exactly sure what she's talking about. And then she said this. This was just really just dumb because you know it has to go here. It always has to go here. Quote, the Electoral College has a racial injustice breakdown. Due to severe racial disparities in certain states, the Electoral College effectively weighs she said weights, but weighs white voters over voters of color, as opposed to a one-person, one-vote system where all counted, where we are all counted equally. What in the hell is she talking about? If when we had the three-fifths rule during after the eighteen after the uh, Civil War, yes, she would be right. We don't have a three-fifths rule. It's all based on population. What is she talking about? Blacks, Hispanics, Asians, whites, we all count the same. The vote isn't lowered because the the race of the person. So what she's just saying is it's just stupid. It's really, really, really stupid. 
And considering Georgia has a ton of black population, and I believe Trump took Georgia, I'm not exactly sure what she's talking about. She's just a, a complete, a complete and utter moron. Um, but she's so funny to listen to. And she sounds like her popularity is sinking into the toilet. It sounds like she's probably going to get uh, primaried anyway. So, But that's it for the night. That's the news. So you can visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com and I'll have all the videos. I, I pulled some sound bites, but I'll actually have some news videos. Uh, the Rachel Maddow one is really interested. And if you're interested in watching that two-hour uh, Project 1619, it's there. Um, go for it. Have fun, I guess. It's pretty pretty lousy. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. And you can download or listen to this podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Podcast Addict, or YouTube. Please rate, comment, like, and subscribe. I'll appreciate it. And just to let you know, the A's are ahead of the Yankees, 5-1. to one. It looks like those A's are really something this year. They've really picked it up. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Mm-hmm.